six extra dollars, they would be fucking cool with you. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am the man, the myth, the legend, the the man that brought sexy back, Captain Fluff. Uh, I beat up Guy Ferrari and I'm the new mayor of Flavortown. Uh, Dan Hummer, everybody. Let's give me a round of applause. And I'm here with uh, the third Basham, Dougie. Yo. How we doing? Pretty good. Now, are we going to be able to do this by ourselves tonight? Because, you know, we usually have uh, other guys that, yeah. you know. Yeah, uh, Eric's you, not here to carry the show. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, neither Eric nor Clinic. So are we going to be able to do this? I think we'll be okay. All right. We're going to skip Workers of the Week this week, though. Yeah. Because I don't have one. Uh, neither do I, because to be honest with you, I was not impressed with anybody. That, the one person I was impressed with was Austin Theory, because he's recovering from that uh, failed cash-in. Oh, yeah. Is he baby now? or No, he's healed, and he's more aggressive. Okay, good. He beat the shit out of Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. Is he still selfie or no? No. They took that away from him. Good. Good, good, good. So everybody said that Triple H was burying the guy. It's like, no, he's Giving him a character change, which is what he needs. Triple H is going through, and he's pretty much undoing everything that his dipshit father-in-law did before he left. Yeah. Anything that Vince McMahon has done between, let's say, 2019 and now needs to have one of those men in black, like, memory eraser things put in front of somebody so they can't remember it. Absolutely. Because that, it, like, the product was absolute. I think Sharon's getting ready to order one. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I forgot to check them. But, uh, like, yeah, like, the product has pretty, I mean, I'm sure that people think the product has been shit before that, but there was, like, some bright spots. But ever since Triple H, because remember, in 2019, Triple H had his power taken from him. Yes. So... Vince was in complete control, which you don't want to give a senile old man complete control over anything except for maybe the pudding cups in the nursing home. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. But Austin Theory did look pretty cool uh, this week. I thought, uh, I think the stuff with Wardlow and Joe's pretty good. I am so happy Samoa Joe is healed. Me too. Like, to be honest with you, he just looks like a miserable bastard. He does. And I'm sure he's a great guy, and I know people love him. Well, he's a better heel. Like, even in WWE, the best stuff that they had him do was the shit with AJ when he was going after the family. Yeah, exactly. Because it just feels like his type of character. Whenever he goes baby, it doesn't totally feel right. No, not at all. Remember when him and Kevin Owens were teaming and they were baby? Yeah, and it was it was cool because I like both guys, but that's about it. I love both guys, but they cannot be babyface. No. Those, even those two as heels might be a little much. 
But I think I mean it would still work because yeah. Owens could be the the mouth and Joe can be the the mouth. Yeah. But yeah, no. So I mean that's pretty much. And then I know AEW full gears tomorrow night. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> uh, Who's the the title matches? Uh, it's John Moxley versus MJF. Yes. Do we think MJF's just getting the belt, right? Yeah, but we're just trying to figure out now because MJF saved uh, um saved uh, Moxley from getting beat up by that stupid group, the Firm. Yeah. Which, by the way, the only thing firm about that group is uh, Big Cass and Ethan Page's butt cheeks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they're making that a top heel group. I because I think there's going to be a big uh, a big join. Because remember, MJF was kind of part of the group. Like he had hired them to you know bail him out of situations. Yeah. But then William Regal got in his head, kind of turned him babyface. There's too many fucking groups is the problem. Yeah. And by the way, the elites coming back uh, tomorrow night. They're going to wrestle the Death Triangle for the trios belts. Ugh. I mean, that should be a good match, though. So I mean, yes, I do think MJF should be champion. Okay. I won't go into any long-winded fucking explanation about it. Yes, he should be the title holder, even though I love Moxley. But Moxley is one of those guys. He doesn't need the title. No, he doesn't, and he's had, like, a bunch of runs. Like, he's had, like, I feel like he's their go-to, and it's good. Like, he's, like, their backup guy if somebody fucks up or some, someone gets hurt or someone. Yeah. He's a good alternate champion that he can go in and be consistent. He was the champion in the pandemic era, and I, th- and I really, I highly regard that title reign, actually. I think it's the only good one they've had, that and Jericho. Jericho had a good title reign. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Kenny Omega was okay. It sucked. The, the prop- it made me fall out of love with AEW, to be honest. I hated Well, that's that. because he had that hemorrhoid callus with him. Yeah, but I just, I don't like, I don't like Kenny. I really don't. I mean, I don't like him either. I, and I, when I like him, I like him more as a baby face. Because the, 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 the winged angels, John, the, the, the one winged angel. The one winged yeah. like, that's a baby face move. Right. And a lot of his, like, the way he acts is very baby face. All right, so when he's like the best bout machine or whatever, and he's putting on like all these matches, which by the way are not six star, I think they're four star at the most. Maybe yeah. Uh, when he's doing that and not having his idiot his idiot friends interfere on his behalf, and I'm talking, you know, Callis or the Bucks. Those two bald-headed goofs are stuck with AJ now, so or AJ's stuck with them. I just they never I never thought that they really needed to uh, like lean into like a lot of the fans kind of give them that reputation, him and the Bucks, of being like these douchebag EVPs that are just trying to drain everything out of the company and all that. And I can you can tell with the their characters that they've tried to lean into that. And, like, they know what's going – they know how people think, and they're trying to be, like, meta and, like, oh, we get it. That's why we're playing it on TV. But it just comes across as shitty, to be honest. I don't find it entertaining. No. And, like – And it's not – I don't have anything against these guys. I've enjoyed Kenny Omega matches in the past. I've enjoyed a couple Bucks matches in the past because they're fireworks shows. But I don't – I just – those three as a heel combination just never really – for me. Right. 
I'll tell you a match, you know, we talked about the Wardlow and Joe earlier. They're going to be at it in a triple threat uh, for the TNT title, also involving uh, Powerhouse Habs. Oh, that's a fucking... That's a spectacle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be good. Again, we're not we're not ordering the pay per view tomorrow, so and I'm I'm cool with that because yeah. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, not me either. All right. Well, you want to get into the meat and potatoes then? Yes. Now, Survivor Series is upon us. Yes, a week from tomorrow. Now. That Survivor shit, which would, is also, would also be a cool tier list one day, a War Games tier list. Yeah. There's enough of them to even tier. I think there is. But they're doing War Games at Survivor Series. But we can't forget the match that put Survivor Series on the map, the match that was uh, basically billed as like the, the foundation of uh, Survivor Series. And that is the five-on-five, sometimes four-on-four uh, elimination match. Yeah. And that's what Survivor Series is really known for. It, it's kind of gotten away from it in recent years, but... Which I hate. Yeah. Like, I love the elimination matches. That's uh, Survivor Series, for the longest time, was one of my favorite pay-per-views. It was your favorite pay-per-view. Yeah. I'd that, say. That and Royal Rumble. Royal Rumble's great, but Survivor Series was very exciting and fun. And I think uh, underrated how good it was. Yeah, especially going back to the early years, like... Uh, you know, the couple of years that they did uh, when they named the teams. Yes. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, that's what we're ranking. We are going to be ranking uh, Survivor Series teams from the past in a tier list. Yeah. And uh, we got a lot of teams to go through. We're going to be jumping around. We're not going in order. But we're going to talk about the teams a little bit, what we thought of them during the match and uh, just the the power level of all the guys, and we're going to rank them. Yeah. All right. Your tiers are elite, very good, mediocre, meh, and garbage. Okay. You ready for the first team? Yeah. From Survivor Series 1989, I got Rowdies, Rowdies. Oh, my God, you beautiful bastard. This team consists of Roddy Piper, Jimmy Snuka, and the Bushwhackers. They uh they lost against the Rude Brood, which was Rude Perfect and the Fabulous Roju Regus. Rujos, but yeah. Regu, yeah. the sauce. Uh, <laughs> pretty good team, the the Rowdy Rowdies. I mean, a, a, kind of an odd team. But. That match is my favorite all time Survivor Series elimination match, and I'm not joking. You're not. Not at all. Because. And at some point, I do want to do Survivor Series 89. I thought about it for next week, but then means we'd actually have to sit down and watch it. <laughs> we don't have time. Uh, but, like, that man... All right, so... Uh, Piper, Snooka, and the Bushwhackers. For a lot of people that don't know, Piper and the Bushwhackers actually go back to, like, the late 60s. When the Bushwhackers kind of first came into, or no, uh, like th- they met each other overseas, so they've been friends for a long time. Yeah. Piper smashed a coconut over Jimmy Snooker's head in 1984, but like it was an uncontrollable team, and for weeks all they were talking about leading up to the match, because Piper was doing the episode of Prime Time with Gorilla and Bobby, and. Th- 
Heenan was just like, there's no way he can control these people. <laughs> and Piper's like, I don't need to control them. Yeah. We're going to bite the sh- we're going to bite the shit. I mean, you can say that. But we're going to bite your guys. Cuz Rick Rude was managed by Bobby Heenan at the time. Yeah. So the feud was Roddy Piper and Rick Rude. That was the main feud. Yes. Bushwhackers and Rujos didn't like each other going back to WrestleMania 5. Okay. And Perfect for some reason had an issue with Jimmy Snuka because Perfect was also trying to get himself a shot at the WWF title, and Jimmy Snuka happened to be a friend of Hulk Hogan. Yes. So, uh, they kind of just put that together. That match, like, the first, like, five, six minutes of the match, Piper's team dominated. Yeah. Uh, Brood's brood. Snuka got the first elimination. Yeah. When he got uh, Rogu. When, uh, he got Jax. <laughs> He got Mani out. He got the Mani out, and then he got Raymond, right? At, or no, Ro- and Piper. then Roddy got Raymond, and then uh, and then the Bushwhackers got fucked up by Perfect and Rude. But the Bushwhackers, like the funny thing is, is that you could actually believe in that match that Perfect was going to get eliminated and Rude was going to have to be by himself. Well, yeah, and the psychology of the match worked, and because Roddy Piper would get himself double counted out because he's so pissed off, and yeah. so him and Rick Rue going at it, and the double count out, and then Perfect's there to beat Snuka. Yeah. So I I remember the match, and it was awesome in its own right, but uh, this team this team's just a lot of fun for me. Did you ever see their promo? Like the promo they did before? I think they, so. A while. Uh, like when they're coming out and or like when they're coming through the tunnel and Piper looks at Gene and says, I can't stop him from eating. <laughs> and then like the Bushwhackers have like turkey bones behind their ears and shit. That's funny. And uh, he's just like, after the match, you can have lunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, and then like he goes, we got bone breakers here. And then one like uh, Butch and uh, Snooker rip apart a turkey, and and they're like them bones, them bones, and big bones, and you know, and just start chanting and shit. And Piper goes, "We're wild, we're bold, we don't do what we're told." And I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> but the team worked, and then like the chemistry that they had, the tag team continuity, which everybody was shocked. Yes. And Jesse Ventura is just like, I didn't think they were going to have any. I didn't think they could spell continuity. Yeah. How, did, how did they have any? And Gorilla's just like, I got to agree. But then, like, the opening sequence, too, when uh, I think Butch was biting perfect. And then taking the Luke, Luke starts biting him. He goes, now Luke's biting. And then Piper gets a tag. Piper starts gnawing on perfect time. He goes, now Piper's biting. Yeah. And then Snooker gets tagged in, and Snooker takes a chunk. And he goes, now Snooker's biting. And then uh, Gorilla goes, well, there's a guy that can really bite. (laughs) Just the commentary really helped make the match. It did. But Piper's team, like, for guys that really could not wrestle. No. I mean, Roddy could a little little bit. And And Snooker, Snooker, when he wanted to. He could jump off the rope. But, but uh, for guys, for a team that was like just uh, a brawling team, more of a character team, to be honest. Yeah. 
but their chemistry. Yeah. I it works. Holy God. I put it in very good. I would too. I mean, and What's, trust me, like the Bushwhackers and Piper are three of my favorite guys. Elite, very good. Okay. All right, they're th- they're three of my favorite all t- of all times. But I'll say very good just because, like, I don't think they were like the greatest like assemblance of of talent. Yeah. But damn, they work. <laughs> all right, you want to just talk about the other team as well? Yeah, we can. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. The Rude Brood. Um, I hate the Rougeau brothers, to be honest with you. Like, I, I was never a fan. I think the Mountie, the Mountie. Did you like the Quebecers? No. I think Jacques Rougeau is an absolute piece of garbage human being. Why? It's just like the whole, uh, you know, like just his character. And the fact that, like, he always had to have, like, things, like, a certain way or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just, I never got it. Or, or I never liked him. I used to beat the shit out of my mouthy action figure. Well, I thought he was a fun character, but I do see what you're saying. He was a great heel character. So you had the Rojus, and then you had Mr. Perfect and Rick Rude. Yeah. Who, two consummate professionals, two of the best in-ring workers of the era, uh, I mean, these two are, are perfect, right? Yeah. And by the way, they've been friends since seventh grade. Yes. This is when Rick Rude was still in his prime. Mr. Perfect was really good. So, uh, and, and these are the two that provided the wrestling for the affair. Well, yeah, because the Rudes got knocked out early. Exactly. So then they picked off the Bushwalker, Bushwalkers, Bushwhackers. And I, I think it, I think, it's not that they didn't have chemistry because the other, because the heels don't always have chemistry. Sometimes they the promo in the beginning, you would have thought they would have. Yeah. It's not that they didn't have, I mean, rude kind of ran off and then Mr. Perfect at the W I would put them at, at uh very good too. I would, I would too, because again, one of my all time favorite matches and you needed everybody in that match to make it. I agree. All right. and, and Perfect sold his ass off, by the way. Because, you know, at certain points in the match, like, Butch did a, a fist drop on Perfect, right? Just like one of those Ted DiBiase fist drops. Yes. And he covered him, and the count was so close that, like, Gorilla and Jesse were just like, oh, my God, Perfect almost got beat. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah. Uh Survivor Series 2005, we're going to be doing – we'll do Team Raw first and versus Team SmackDown. Okay. Team Raw consists of Kane, Chris Masters, Shawn Michaels, Big Show, and Carlito. Okay, can I tell you who I think the, show sh- the team should have been? Yes. Shawn Michaels, Big Show, Kane, Edge, and uh, Triple H. Yeah. But I know they had to do the thing with Triple H and Ric Flair. Yeah. And then the SmackDown team, which is actually pretty stacked. Bobby Lashley, JBL, Batista, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio. Right. That's well, a, it that's wasn't like a supposed to be Randy Orton at first. It was supposed to be Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, but we... Yeah. Is that... 
around the time. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, yeah, it's actually, as a matter of fact, uh, Eddie beat, uh, or no, Eddie beat Kennedy to get in. Right. And Rand- Randy had lost to Ray. Yeah. And Randy was actually supposed to have a single with Matt Hardy at the pay-per-view. Now, this was the main event? Yeah. Holy shit. Uh yeah, John Cena and Angle on there, too. I remember that match. That was good. Yeah. Uh, you also had the great Teddy Long and Bischoff. Oh, my God. But uh, the order of elimination was uh, Lashley got eliminated first by Sean. Right. After Kane and Big Show took him uh, took him out with a double choke slam. Yes. Kane got eliminated next by Batista. Yeah. Then Batista got eliminated by Big Show. After, after Kane and Big Show double choke slam. And Batista had the hurt arm or the hurt shoulder, right? Yeah. Uh, it was an injury that he was selling from uh, Monday night. But I, I actually think he did get hurt. Yeah. And he was like the team captain. He was the team captain and world champion. So the fact that he got eliminated as early as he did, I thought was the dumbest fucking thing on earth. It was crazy. It's a game changer, though. Yeah. Uh, then Big Show got 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 by Rey Mysterio. Uh, Carlito got eliminated by JBL. Why do Carlito and Chris Masters have good showings in these things? Uh, and Chris Masters got eliminated by Ray, little Ray Ray. Then Michaels got out Ray and Bradshaw. And an unbelievable, unbelievable like comeback story. And then Randy who's kind of like a Survivor Series legend. He's good at these matches. This was his third year in a row that he survived. And he was the sole survivor. Yeah. He was the sole survivor. This match was really good and kind of underrated. And for, 45 minutes. So to tell a story as long as they did for 45 minutes. Yeah. Like is it wasn't it's unheard minutes, of. But huh? It wasn't 45 minutes. It wasn't? No, it was like 25 Really? Yeah. From 2005? Yeah. Yeah, it was 25 minutes. Okay. Uh, But it was a great match nonetheless. I I think SmackDown was a bit more stacked. So, because Raw, Raw, you basically, you had Shawn Michaels and then the two big guys. And Masters and Carlito were cool, but it was pretty much Shawn Michaels carrying this bitch. Yeah. So I would put the Raw team at just mediocre. I I got to agree with you because Chris Masters and Carlito, like they weren't necessarily main event players. I thought SmackDown was pretty stacked though. That's like a Hall of Fame class almost. When Lashley's your first one eliminated, you know you got a good team. Yeah, exactly. And they were really trying to push him at that point too. Yeah. So I, I'd put them at very good. I would too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Now we're going to go to Survivor Series 99. And we're going to go The Godfather, The Headbangers, and D'Lo Brown against the opposing team. The Acolytes and, or, yeah, the Acolytes and the Dudley. Yes. I remember, because this was the opener. Okay. And this is actually what kind of started 
the idea of putting Godfather and D'Lo together. Yeah. And when they came out, like D'Lo came out dressed like Godfather, the Headbangers came out and froze. Uh, they froze? Afros. Oh, Afros. I thought you meant like they legitimately froze. I didn't remember that. Part. Was that cold? They were in Detroit, and it was November. So. Detroit's cold. Uh, I've heard it is. So, well, let's talk about the first team. You got the Headbangers. You got... Uh, oh, shit. You got the Headbangers... You got D'Lo, and you got the ultimate pimp, the Godfather. Yeah. Where would you put it? Uh, to be honest with you, like, and the funny thing about Survivor Series 99 is a lot of these matches were not announced until the, the SmackDown before. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're cool matches. I didn't like when they went four on four. I always thought it was better at five on five. No, I agree. Uh, so the first team I would actually put, a lot of people might disagree with this, but I would put them at mediocre. Because the Headbangers really weren't doing anything at the time. D'Lo kind of was, because he was feuding, uh, he was trying to get the European title back. And Godfather was pretty much just there just to, you know, do like an opening promo and then jab to whoever they put him against. Right. So I would just say mediocre. Yeah, I, I like the headbangers, but I'd probably agree with you. Probably agree. Hey. Uh, yeah. What about the other team? See, this team I liked, and the best part about this team is they hated each other. <laughs> it's always good when a team hates each other. And I love the Acolytes and the Dudleys. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not a Bubba Ray Dudley guy, but... I know you don't like Bubba. Uh, but that team, like, because they were actually starting in the transition of turning the Acolytes baby faces. Yes. Uh, but they were an ass-kicking team, and to be honest with you, I felt like they should have gone over. Like, the fact that they didn't, I thought was kind of stupid. Yeah. Uh, where did you put the other team? Man or mediocre? Mediocre. Uh, I'd drop them to man and I'd put this team at mediocre. No offense to the headbangers. Now I understand. And I love me some D-Lo. <laughs> First of all, the Godfather I don't think should have been the team captain. No. Well, I mean, he knows how to lead an army. He's got that whole army of hoes. You got me there. Uh, Survivor Series. Let's go to where it all started. Survivor Series 87. The main event. We're going to start with... Well, you're fucking up cups. We're going to start with Andre's team. And then we're going to head over to the Hulkamaniacs. On Andre's team, you have Rick Rude, King Kong Bundy, Andre the Giant, One Man Gang, and Butch Reed. Any buffet around the country would be terrified. And on the Hulkamaniacs, you got Billy Graham, Paul Orndorff. No, no, no. no. Uh, it was supposed to be Graham, but then they uh, Graham realized they couldn't clear him. Okay. So they put Morocco. 
So you had Don Morocco, Bam Bam Bigelow, Paul Orndorff, and Ken Patera. Along with Hogan. I thought that was implied. <clears throat> I said Hogan before you. Oh, before you me the first time. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, uh, but what do we think? Andre right. the Giant was the sole survivor of the Survivor Series. Yeah, right? which was which was weird, but they did it by having Hogan get counted out. Yeah, because he couldn't lose. Right. But then they had him come out at the end, attack Andre with the belt, because they needed to end the show with him posing. Well, yeah. You can't have an end without him posing, right, Jen? Exactly. Uh, uh, but... As far as Andre's team goes, yeah, uh, I lo- I love Andre. I love him too. My antibiotics. Uh, you know, one man gang is great. Rick Rude's great. Bundy is a was a dick in real life, but that but you know he was still a you know an imposing force. Mm-hmm. And Butch Reed, I think, got the short end of the stick with the gimmick he was given and all that. And he got out first with like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's just... Ted Patero, the actual former world's strongest man. Yeah. Big motherfucker. And our buddy, The Rock, Don Morocco. Yeah. Uh, so I... I liked both teams. Uh, I liked both teams. I would actually put Andre's team at very... Well, actually, no. I'd put both teams at very good because on paper, these are two of the best teams you could come up with, and these were the two teams that needed the main event to show. You wouldn't elite either one of them? Uh... I mean, I agree. I don't. I don't think Hogan's team's strong enough to elite because, especially at the time, Kevin Patera or Kevin Ken Patera wasn't doing a damn thing. No, no, because he had come back. They had given him like this big comeback and all that, and uh, you know, fighting with uh, the Heenan family. But then he tore his bicep right away. Did the shit with Ordorf and the heel turn not happen yet, or did was he just baby? They guy? turned him back, baby. Okay. So all right. So here's actually what happened. They were bringing in Rick Rude. Yeah. Orndorff had to take time off because he had issues with his arm. Yes. They brought Rude in as basically Bobby Heenan said that he was the better built than Paul Orndorff. Orndorff didn't like that. <laughs> so he goes, all right, Paul, they did this interview segment where Heenan said Orndorff was going to admit that ravishing Rick Rude had the better body. Paul Orndorff didn't do that. So in, and instead he fired Bobby Heenan for the second time and introduced him to his new manager, Sir Oliver Humperdinck. Oh god. So uh but yeah, no, I would say I would probably actually put um Andre's team because they were such an imposing force. Yeah. And like you said, like any buffet, and they, like imagine the two of them coming in after the show's over. They're like, and Andre's like, 
we need to get something to eat, boss. Yeah. And they're just like, sorry, we're closed for the next six years. <laughs> like, if they weren't before, they wouldn't be now. <laughs> so both teams are very good? Yeah, we can, yeah. I mean, I was going to change and say Andre's team should go elite. I agree. That's what I said. That's what I was piggybacking. <laughs> but, no, I would just say that Hogan's team was was very good because Orndorff was kind of sliding down the card, and Ken Patera just wasn't, you know. He wasn't the same. No. I mean, two years in the pen will do that to you. But. He wasn't the same. All right, now we're going to go over to 1988, talk about the main event of that. The Mega Powers, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, Hercules, Coco Beware, and the Hillbilly Jim with Miss Elizabeth uh, defeated the Twin Towers, which is Akeem and Big Boss Man, Ted DiBiase, King Haku, and the Red Rooster. Okay. With Slick, Bobby Heaton, and Virgil on the sides, respectively. So, a lot of people shit-talk this match because they say there's no reason Terry Taylor, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco Beware <laughs> belong in the main event. I mean, you do got Rube, Dino, Perfect, and, like, Harley and Andre in the match before, you know? Like, you got good main event heels that you didn't Right, use. which, and by the way, they're taking on... Uh, Jake, Duggan, Tito, Ken Patera, and an old friend of the show until he threatened to kill me, Scott Casey. <laughs> not threatened to kill me, but he got pissed off because uh, I'm not a wrestler, but I had a critique because oh, I said okay. I didn't like it. Was, that was critique, and he yelled at me. I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, he didn't think – he thought it was somebody else. He thought it was somebody else talking. He thought Daniel was me. Oh, good God. Uh, yeah, the Roos, I mean, this match, both teams do have some lacking numbers. I'm not going to, it's not these stacked teams that we just talked about. Right. So, eh, the match was okay. It's a good 30 minute match. Hulk Hogan and Randy are the survivors, and you got a good, they beat the, the bad guys, and Coco had a little time in the sun, I guess. But uh, all the like, all the eliminations were Randy and Hulk for the good guys. Yeah, well, Randy and Hulk. Uh, plus, you know, the Twin Towers weren't even pinned; they were disqualified and counted out. Yeah, to keep them strong. So that was kind of weak. Uh, the Mega Powers, I would go oh, mediocre. I I agree with you. And then I think I'd go meh. On uh, the Twin Towers team. Team Tower. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Yeah. I mean, I do kind of agree with that because Red Rooster had no business being in the main event. I like Terry Taylor as much as the next guy, but yeah. I mean, and what's actually funny is that this is... You know, this is the first of two years in a row where Haku gets to be in the main event match. <laughs> Who the fuck let that happen? All right. Now we're going to go over to 93 and talk about the All-Americans. You got Lex Luger, Steiner Brothers, and The Undertaker. And then we're going to talk about the foreign fanatics. Crush, 
Quebecer Jacques Jacquis, Ludwig Jacquis, Ludwig Borga, and Yoko. All right, so the original match was supposed to be Lex Luger, Tatanka, and the Steiner Brothers versus the Quebecers, uh, Ludwig Borga, and uh, Yokozuna. That was the original all Americans foreign family. Well, I think Undertaker's a pretty damn good replacement. Maybe well, that's what crushed. they did. They wanted under they wanted to build towards Undertaker and Yokozuna. So Undertaker was already babyface at this point. Yes, and they took Pierre out because the Quebecers were starting to get on people's nerves. <laughs> so See, I like this because this is when they were all in on Lex at first before they gave up on him, and yeah. I think he did do a good job. See, here's the funny thing about this match, and they get like the match went the match went what half hour? Yeah, twenty eight minutes. Okay. And to be honest with you, the majority of the match was Scott Steiner selling until they finally decided to get rid of him. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Scott Steiner did the majority of the work. Undertaker only had like that one appearance in the ring. You know, and then once they got rid of Scott, you know, Luger came in and started selling. They got rid of Rick early. It's crazy it's 93 and they've already done that double count out spot too many times. (laughs) It was at least once every year. Yeah. It's like Taker and Yokozuna makes sense to that be the two people because you don't want them to get pinned. Yeah. But it's like every fucking year, dude. Well, in every year, every match... In for I think almost every year there was never just a match where it was straight pinfall submissions get them out. Yeah. There always had to be a count out or DQ in every match. They overdid it. I agree. Uh, but in this match, I didn't like. I liked the people involved in the match. Well, except for Jack Russo, we could go to hell. <laughs> but. <laughs> Sounds like you every morning. Uh, but I think, I thought the match sucked. Yeah. Okay. This was not, like, and this is your main event? I'm, I will give Lex's team very good, though. Because on paper, that's a good team. On paper, it's an awesome team. The Ford Fanatics, well, the name certainly doesn't age well. The, the team really doesn't either. The team kind of sucks. Yoko's great, but Borga was a bust, and, you know, so was Crush, to be frank. All right, so I like Crush. Foreign fanatics, right? Yes. Doc was from Canada. Crush was from Hawaii. Not foreign country. (laughs) It is. That's my point. (laughs) It's late. Crush is from Hawaii. Yoko's doing it, by the way. It, you know, they say he's from Japan, but he's really Samoan. That's true. But, all right, so you said what? Mediocre or mad for the Fanatics? The Fanatics, I'd put an ass. Oh, really? I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but, yeah, they sucked. Oh, no, I agree. The whole team did suck. Uh... I mean, rest in peace to Borga, Crush, and Yokozuna. Uh, now, are you ready to go a little off kilter here, bud? 
do something a little different? Put a little confetti in our cake here? I always want confetti in the cake. We're, now we're going to talk about a match that's not even on a Survivor Series. But it is the traditional elimination match. It was seven on seven. And it was that year, it was at a SummerSlam. We're going to talk about Team Cena versus Team Nexus real quick. You know, that's, uh, I personally, even though everybody shits on Cena for the fact that he went over, yes, I love that match. The teams you have are Team WWE, John Cena, John Morrison, R-Truth, Bret Hart, Edge and Chris Jericho and Daniel Bryan versus the Nexus, Wade Barrett, Otunga, Justin Gabriel, Heath Slater, he's got kids, Darren Young, Ryback, Skip Sheffield at the time, and Michael Tarver. All right, already the Nexus guys, they all suck. Maris. I'd say, uh, and I love Wade Barrett, but ass. Ass. Put them in. Sharon, put them in. The WWE team, though, had had a pretty damn good roster. I mean, Bret Hart was about 92. And he got himself disqualified, disqualified with a chair shot. Yeah. He should know the rules more than anybody. And it was weird them doing a Survivor Series-type match that close to Survivor Series. Well, they didn't have one on that Survivor Series, did they? Or did 2010, they? no, they didn't want it. Okay. But, Yeah. I put the WWE team at either mediocre or, or good. I would say probably mediocre. Okay. Because Truth really had no business being <laughs> in the main event at the time. But now that we detoured. <laughs> All right. Now let's head over to probably one of my favorite wrestling matches ever. Uh we're going to Survivor Series 2001, the battle between the Alliance and Team WWF. On Team Alliance, you have Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Tam, Booker T, and Shane McMahon. Team WWF, you have The Rock, Chris Jericho, The Undertaker, Kane, and Big Show. And I think this is the one that you were thinking, because this went 45 minutes. I think this is what you were thinking about earlier. Oh, yeah, when I thought Team Raw and Team SmackDown were... Yeah. Different brand rivalry. It was this one. Because this one did go 45. I Uh, remember that. Now, the Alliance, the only argument you could say, like, to discredit the Alliance was that that's not who the team should have been. Because we've said it a couple times that the WCW team should have had Hogan, Sting, Nash Hall, and people like that. I would have said Hogan, Sting, DDP, Goldberg, and Kevin Nash. Yes. So the fact that your WCW ECW team has Stone Cold and Kurt Angle on Kurt Angle didn't even work anywhere else. Yeah, he was only two years into the business. Yeah. He I mean he guest announced at an ECW show until Sandman ended up on a cross and he walked out. Yeah. But uh Team WWE they're both stacked teams though. You can't and the match itself was a fucking masterpiece. Really good match. We covered that last year, right? I think so. Uh, we've talked about it a few times. But Stone Cold Steve Austin's team, I would put at very good. And I would almost put Team WWF at elite. I agree with you about Team WWF being elite. And what's funny is that, like, a lot of people would say Big Show had no business being in the main event at the time, and I disagree. He was muscle. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't know necessarily think I agree that he should have been the first one eliminated, but... Mm. By Shane. <laughs> Shane was pretty fun back then to watch. He's yeah. never been a great wrestler, but I do like the baby punches and the selling. He's a good seller. Exactly. You know what I mean, Jellybean? So, uh... But, uh, all right, so now we're going to head over to a different Survivor Series, of course. Uh, we're going to go to 92, and we're going to – I love you, Bob. I hope you're doing well. And my, uh, the Natural Disasters and the Nasty Boys against Money, Inc. and the Beverly Brothers. And, by the way, this match was weird because when one person got eliminated, the entire team got eliminated. What? Yeah. So it wasn't elimination. Oh, the, the entire tag team. The entire tag team, yeah. That's fucking stupid. Yeah. By the way, the original match was supposed to be the Natural Disasters and the Bushwhackers. Really? But they started with a Nasty Boys heel turn. Or not a heel turn. They turned the Nasty Boys baby face. It's snowing outside? I think so. Oh, what was that supposed to happen? Uh, Buffalo's got more. Well, yeah, they got about three and a half, almost four feet right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So they were uh, they were trying to give the nasty boys a baby face push, which I mean, would that really work? <laughs> I mean, I love the nasties, but they are career heels. So they yeah. Be. Uh, all right. I didn't really like the match because I didn't like the whole, you know, the entire tag team's eliminated when one person gets eliminated. Yeah. But I really think they were pressed on time because they gave they gave that stupid-ass tag match, which was Flair and Ramon versus Perfect and Savage, 26 minutes. Yeah, but this kind of sucks, right? Because... This is the Survivor Series that they didn't uh, really do the five-on-five. You had this. Yeah, this is the first Survivor Series where, like, there was only one Survivor Series elimination match. And it wasn't anything, like, special like it had been in the past. Yeah. You could tell that this is the Survivor Series where they're really trying to deviate from the whole elimination game plan. And that's, like... Fucking stupid. I agree. I hated it. The Brett and Sean match from this card was good, though. I still think it was... I I was bored. You were bored for this one, too? Yeah. The right guy won, though. Oh, yeah, I agree. Uh, But, yeah, where do you want to put the teams? Natural Disasters and Nasty Boys, I think, are just too good on paper to put anywhere else than mediocre. Right. No, I agree with that. And the other team we can put at meh. Karen, is it snowing outside? It is snowing outside. Why am I in boxer shorts? I don't know. Because you're a peculiar individual. I didn't think it was supposed to snow. I didn't realize it was supposed to snow here either. Well, guess what, Doug? It did. 
fucking dead. Don't want to clean the car off tomorrow. Well, you should have thought about that <laughs> before you made it snow. All right. We're going to go to 94 now, and we're going to talk about the bad guys, which is the 123 Kid, the British Bulldog, Fat 2, Razor Ramon, and Sione. Hey, you got it right. <laughs> With Afa and Lou Albano against the Teamsters, Diesel, Jeff Jarrett, Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, and Shawn Michaels. Great team. Terrible fucking Oh, my though. God. Well, who came up with that name? What's the name? The Teamsters. Oh, and they're the villains, right? Yeah. That's such a shitty name. By the way, like, they did the whole thing with Shawn Michaels uh, where Shawn wasn't getting into the ring because Shawn was actually hurt at the time and couldn't work. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he he couldn't work, so they just had to do the thing where he was just, uh, he came in, did the one super kick that accidentally hit Diesel. Diesel wouldn't even go down, he just dropped the one knee. Diesel beat everybody's ass. Yeah, and that's the, th- and that's the thing, too, is that, like, the first ten minutes, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> You look pregnant. It's the kitty cat. I know it is. I've been saying. Uh, Especially like snuggles. All right. So the first 10 minutes of this match was like actual, like they were doing like the tagging and stuff. Yeah. But then from the 10 minute mark to the 20 minute mark, that's when Diesel was just powerbombing motherfuckers and getting them out of the ring. So... I would let her people breathe, though. She's breathing. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. The match isn't my favorite. The match isn't my favorite. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the no, I didn't. I didn't. I really didn't like it either. Uh, as far as the team, the Teamsters, I think would probably go in very good, though, for an on-paper team. Yeah. Uh, the other team. I would say mediocre just because you really don't think that uh, the one, two, three kids should be teaming up with uh, Fat Two and the Barbarian. I mean, I'm glad Razor Ramon got the W, but yeah. Which was a stupid way for the thing to end. Everybody get counted out. Like, and they're saying, oh, Razor survived all eyes. It's like they all walked out of the fucking ring. Missy doesn't agree either. Exactly. All right. On that same card, let's talk about the million dollar team. Bam Bam Bigelow, Jimmy Del Rey, King Kong Bundy, Tatanka, Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom Pritchard. And Dr. Tom Pritchard. With Jim Cornette and DiBiase in the corner against Guts and Glory. Adam Bomb, Bart Gunn, Billy Gunn, Lex Luger, and Mabel. With Oscar. Okay. Uh, on paper, Lex Luger had a really good team. They were made to look like shit. Yeah. Uh, on they pa- look like jobbers, to be yeah. honest. On paper, the Million Dollar Corporation looked like shit, but they were made to look like gold. And I'm pretty sure that's because Bundy came in and said, I'm not doing the fucking job. 
King Kong Bundy was a fucking diva back in 1994-1995. Which is really hard to say about a 450-pound fat guy with no hair. That he's a diva? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Uh, No, I... The million-dollar team, I would put at mediocre. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Bam Bam and King Kong with your soul survivors, that's fine. But to glory, I'd probably... To be honest, I'd also put it... Either man or mediocre, it's up to you. Uh, just because they were made to look stupid, I'm going to say uh, man. But you said uh, the million-dollar team goes in uh, mediocre? Yeah. Okay. That's what I think. You know, you know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Yes, sir. All right. Diesel, Farouk, Razor Ramon, and Vader. This is 1996. Oh, my God, ass. Like That team? That team, yeah. Vader, Razor Ramon, Farouk, and Diesel. But it was the fake Razor and Diesel. So we, oh, it was Kane? And the other guy? Yeah. Kane and Bogner. I forgot about And Flash Funk, Jimmy Snuka, Savio Vega, and Yokozuna. And it ended in a no contest. Yeah. You want to put them both in ass? Oh, my God, yes. The worst fucking Survivor Series match. And this is a Survivor Series. uh, This match is a worst Survivor Series match than a team captain by Nikolai Volkov going against a team captain by Sergeant Slaughter back in 1990. (laughs) Jesus Christ! You come off, you uh, and I'm being serious here. You just came off Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart in a fantastic match, and you give us this. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) When Vader's the only thing worth anything in this match. All right, on that same card, then we have a debuting Rocky Maivia along with Mark Merrill with the fabulous Sable, uh, Jake Roberts, and the Stalker, which could have been an interesting character, but JR kept calling him Barry Windham anyway. By the way, Jake the Snake, or Jake the Snake Roberts was replacing Mark Henry. Okay. It was this when he was just doing the World's Strongest Man shit? Yeah, uh, the Olympian. The Olympian. Uh, they defeated Crush, Goldust with Marlena, Jerry Lawler, the King, yeah. And Hunter Hearst Helmsley. I loved this match. Yeah, it's fun. Mainly because of like the the spot where Jake the Snake by the way, Jake the Snake Roberts was way over the fucking hill at this point. I agree. But he had such kind of like a, a, a kind of good feud with Lawler going on, and then like Lawler lifts him up for the slam. Jake puts him in the DDT and Lawler sells the DDT perfectly. He just flops around <laughs> and then JR goes, we'll see you later, King. We'll see you on Raw tomorrow night. <laughs> That's funny. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna actually put, as much as I love the match, Yeah. I'm going to put both teams in mediocre. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because, like, Barry Windham wasn't worth a shit at that point, as much as I love him. Mark Merrill was kind of stalling out at the time a little bit. Uh, well, that's when people started to be like, we like Sable a lot better than him. 
No, they, in late 96, they still kind of had hopes for him. I disagree. I thought the fans were way more in the sample than him. Uh, I didn't think that started until spring of 97, but you might be right. I think I am. I wouldn't doubt it. But we can always check the tape someday. Just not today. We got too much shit to do. We still got a full another fucking show to do after this. I know. Is he mad? I got to brew some. Oh, yeah, I call your mom back. All right, so we got to... Survivor Series 2013. We're going to do... Oh, not 2013. What the fuck? Uh, what are you trying to have us do here? I'm trying to do, or was it 2014? The Alliance versus... Oh, the Authority the, versus Team Cena. Is that 2014? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Team Authority versus Team Cena for control of the company, right? Or Cena's fired, or Triple H loses his uh, power. Yeah, the Authority fired. loses their power and all that shit. And if Cena loses, Cena would be fired. No, Cena's team. Cena's whole team would have been fired. Hey, yeah, except for Cena because... Triple H knew John Cena was best for business. Okay. Uh, you have John Cena, Dolph Ziggler, Eric Rowan, Big Show, and Ryback against the Team Authority, which is Seth Rollins, Kane, Luke Harper, Mark Henry, and Rusev. I know it's 2013. 14. That's what I was going to ask. What year was that? 2014. I know it was 2014. This is one of the best modern-age Survivor Series matches that there's ever been. Because of the storytelling. Storytelling, but the match was really good, too. And I know you hate him, so this is probably not your favorite. But this is Dolph Ziggler's crowning moment. And this is the best he has ever looked. Well, here's the thing. That was a god-awful babyface team. Yeah. Okay. Eric Rowan was on the babyface team. Yeah. And I didn't like how they did Ryback because they made for weeks they were just like, you know, Ryback, you know, is he going to join Team Cena? Is he gonna, and then they gave him this big moment where he joined Team Cena, and then he fucking eliminated 10 minutes into the match. Yeah. Okay. So they did him dog shit. But. Mark Henry got dicked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this was an awesome story being told. So I will say that, yes, the match was good. Well, yeah, and Dolph Ziggler looked really fucking good. He got Dolph Ziggler looked awesome. Three eliminations in a row? Come on. That was like Shawn Michaels in the 2005 match. Everybody loves an underdog. And the fact that he came from the, the, the bowels after Cena, the team captain, got eliminated, and Ziggler was the one that made it all happen. A sting came out at the end, right? Yeah. And that was the big moment. This this match was fucking amazing. The babyface team was weak, but this this to be honest, this is the best Dolph Ziggler we've ever seen. Still, this is the best he's ever looked. No, I agree. If you with can you. point at him and you're looking at God when he dies, and God's like, "Give me one moment of this guy's fucking life where he was the man," you point to that. So I, it's hard to put him at anything higher than at least mediocre. Because Eric Rowan does bring the team down. And, of course, Right Cheeks does. Yeah. Uh, team Authority. I'd put him right there with them with Mediocre. But this was a great match. So it's kind of hard to do that. Well, I'm writing it down.
It's it's amazing though, like how like some of these teams like they not necessarily good teams, but they look good on paper. So that's why we put them where we put them. But like a lot of these teams too, like the matches <coughs> turned out really well, even though the teams in them suck. <laughs> we'll go for ninety five. The dark side: Savio Vega, The Undertaker, Henry Godwin, and Fatu. Our boy Rikishi. Yeah. And they went up against the Royals, right? Yeah, which was uh, King Mabel, Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. This was kind of like the worst year WWE's ever had. Yeah. But, and you can tell because Kane's a dentist. Yeah. <laughs> He really was. That was the whole character. Isaac Yankum, DDS. Uh, and it would, they made the character after a joke. I think Jerry Lawler was the one that told the joke, right? Yeah. About Yankin' him. Dr. Yeah. Yankum. And then Vince Yankum. Like, and then like, that's good shit, <laughs> And then Lawler's just like, oh. I didn't even know the Fat 2 character was around that long enough to be in two different Survivor Series matches. Because that whole, like... Role model influencer thing didn't last long, right? No. I mean, he went from being a head shrinker to, you know, make a difference. Yeah. Because this is make a difference fan too, right? Yeah. Uh, I liked both teams. Vega was in the BSK. Yes. Which actually made, because Undertaker's team pretty much was BSK. All four of them. I liked both teams. Uh, and to be honest with you, like the the dark side team, like the fact that none of them got eliminated. Badass. And like, well, no, because like after like 10, 12 minutes, that's when Undertaker just came in and started beating the shit out <laughs> of everybody. Yeah. Which is what they needed to do. You needed a strong showing from the Undertaker. Yeah. So I'm going to put the dark side in very good. And to be honest with you, because I thought that the Royals did really well as heels, I would say they belong there too. Very good? Yeah. I'm down. I'm down like Judge Showground. All right. Now we're at Survivor Series... 2002. There were no elimination matches. There was an elimination tables match. But that was a tag tag deal. There was no elimination matches in 2002 with a trailer. No, they did the, the elimination tables match and they did the elimination chamber. I mean, that's enough elimination, isn't it? Yeah. That's not what Survivor Series was about. I agree. All right, can we go to 2003? Is that okay? Yeah, probably. Uh, this was this is actually one of my favorite matches too. I like it when it's like a team versus another team and the team loses something that they lose. It, just, it gives it stakes. Uh, team Bischoff versus Team Austin. If Team Austin loses, Austin has to step down as co-GM, and uh, if Austin won, he would. If Austin's team won, he would no longer have the restrictions of not being allowed to beat up the Raw superstars. 
Wait, Bischoff wouldn't would still be in control if he won? Yeah, they would still be co-general managers. That's such stupid stakes. As a kid, I always thought it was the both of them. No, Bischoff's career was not on the line. And he still won? That's fucking bullshit. I'm hot. <laughs> I mean, I always thought it was. No, that's ass cheeks, though. What? Why? Just so Austin could punch somebody in the face? If he's got to step down, he can still punch somebody in the face. Yeah, I don't know what the hell to do. I think it was... Well, they needed to get Austin out, right? But then he became yeah, then the he sheriff. Came back anyway. Yeah, he was the sheriff. All right, Team Bischoff had Chris Jericho, Christian, Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and Scott Snyder. This was the first year of Randy Orton being a sole survivor. Yes. With Theodore Long and Stacey Keebler and Bish. Against Team Austin, Booker T, Bubba Ray and Devon, Rob Van Dam, and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels looked good in this one as well. This was actually a really – I remember the Raw before this, and Randy Orton comes in before his match with Shawn Michaels, and he's saying, don't worry, I got us. You know, we're, you know, we're going to do good because I'm on the team. And Teddy Long, as soon as he – Walks out as soon as Randy walks out of the room. Randy or Teddy Long looks at the rest of the team and goes, "That is one cocky cracker." <laughs> and Scott Steiner looks at him and says, yeah, "I can believe that." <laughs> yeah, I mean, the rose is off the bloom with, uh, or the bloom is off the rose with Scott. Yeah. By this point, but I thought it was a very decent match. It was kind of like a like this and the 2005 match are kind of similar with the way Sean and Randy's roles are played. Yeah. Because Sean does another underdog, gets a couple people out on his own, and then loses. Right. Well, and also, too, Batista interfered, I think. Yeah, Batista interfered. But uh, it was kind of a shitty ending because Austin lost. I would give T. Bischoff very good. I'm going to agree with you on that. Team Austin, I like everybody. I'd put them in very good, too. Fuck it. we got to find somebody for elite. Well, we have Team Andre and Team WWF in there. That's true. That's true, bucko. <clears throat> you want to do one more? Yeah. Or we can do a couple more? Yeah, yeah, time to do a car. I mean, we do have to set aside at least 10, 15 minutes to call our mommy. There you go. <laughs> this podcast is already a, a pussy machine for us. Let's help it. <laughs> oh, was I not supposed to say that? Because you're good sons. They were rock stars. And pretty much you just said, you know, we got to call your mother. <laughs> I mean, you've already said that on air, so... She didn't say mommy, though. <laughs> that's mother. Yeah. Uh, She's in the hospital. Just to clarify, that's why they have to call her back. Well, I mean, we would call her anyway. We don't only just call her when she's in the hospital. Uh, exactly. But yeah. that's why we're making a big thing of it today. Uh, like the audience really cares. <laughs> they might. I think they do. Uh, no, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, they care. Uh... Let's go to Survivor Series 2008. We have Team Orton versus Team Batista. On Team Orton, you have uh, Randy Orton. And that's it. I'm what? just kidding. You also have Cody Rhodes, Mark Henry, Shelton Benjamin, and William Regal. 
on uh, Team Batista. You got Batista, CM Punk, Kofi Kingston, Fat Hardy, and R-Truth. All right. Batista team should have been better, except for they eliminated everybody and had Batista go four on one. It was completely fucking stupid. Batista's team gets a, gets a match. Yeah, man. Because that is a good on paper team, but they all lost. Yeah. I mean, and this is also, too, before CM Punk became the best piece of shit in the world. Yeah. And uh, Cody Rhodes is a survivor, too. Yeah. Or Kodai. So I'm going to give Orton's team... uh, Because on paper, they should have been the ones that were getting their asses kicked. But they were able to... But they survived. So I'm going to say very good for them. Very good. Very good, those sons of bitches. Now what? Now we have... Now we have the Hulkamaniacs again. Hulk Hogan, Jim Duggan, Big Boss Man, and Tugboat against the Natural Disasters. Earthquake, Haku, Dino Bravo, and the Barbarian from Survivor Series 1990. By the way, this match kind of... Because 1990, the majority of the matches sucked because they really did not give them any time. Yeah, they all had like 15 minutes. Yeah. I give the Hulkamaniacs very good because I like all four guys. I think all four guys are probably four of the bigger stars. So, yeah, I'll stay very good on them. The Natural Disasters, mediocre. I love Earthquake and Dino. I know you fucking hate Dino Bravo, but... Yeah, my fault he's stuck. You're an idiot. Oh, we already knew that. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Uh-huh. He knows. <laughs> Even though I'm an idiot, I know. <laughs> At least you know. <laughs> when you know, you know. When you know, you know. Oh, my first. hurt. <laughs> I'd appreciate it if you didn't. All right. Rick Slayer, Mountie, Ted DiBiase, and Warlord from 91 against Roddy Piper, Bret Hart, Virgil, and Bulldog. Another one of my favorite matches. Yes. Uh, I do think the ending was kind of shitty. Yes. But I would actually say, to be honest with you, even though a, a team that uh, one team had the Warlord on it, the other team had Virgil. <laughs> You're going to make fun of me, but I'm going to say both teams need to be elite. I totally disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, you can do that. That's fine. You're like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> All right, we're going to do one more from 1990. Unless there's any... Be- 97 and 98 Survivor Series kind of sucked. Yeah, 98 didn't even have any... Yeah, that was the, well, that was the tourney. Yeah. Survivor Series 1997 was just a fucking mockery of a pay-per-view anyway. Headlined by one moment that's not even that fun. (laughs) Pretty much. Fucking stupid-ass bullshit. (laughs) All right. We're going to go with the Visionaries. 
Rick Martel, Warlord, making another appearance. Hercules and Paul Roma against the Vipers. Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snooker, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Jannetty, also known as the Rockers. The longest match on the show, by the way. It went 1742. Uh, I'd put both teams in very good. I would, too, because, I mean, you almost would think that the visionaries were getting a, a big-ass push with the fact that they were – I mean, pretty much, though, they uh, – the They clean-sweeped. Yeah, but they clean-swept just so they could make it to that final match and Hogan and <laughs> Hogan and Warrior could beat their asses. Yeah. But Rick Martel made it to the main event. <laughs> and so did Paul Roma. I, forgot, I was more impressed with Hercules making it to the main event. I forgot this year was tournament style. Well, it was you win and you move on to yeah, the yeah yeah. Uh, it was cool. It was a good concept, but the problem is, is that like you were looking to see who was going to be the uh, the ultimate survivor. I wouldn't have done it in a team match. I would have done a battle royal. I agree with you. All right. That's scary. Do you want to call it? Yeah. You got plenty of time to call mommy. <laughs> Quit saying that. <laughs> uh, we're going to do one more. I think I get hit in the head too many times. The underdogs, Barry Horowitz, Bob Holly, Hakushi, and Marty Janetti, and uh, the body down is Tom Pritchard, Red Redford, Skip, and the one, two, three kid. All right. Uh, Match was actually pretty good, and I, I'm not just saying that just because we said it last year when we kissed Barry Horowitz's ass. But uh, uh, he had a damn good run. Yeah, yeah, give it the old smooch jab. Uh, we were just told him how good he was. Yeah, because this was actually a this actually was a really good match. Yeah. Although I do think that Horowitz's thunder kind of got taken away from him just so they could have Janetti be the star. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say both teams were very good just because. I put Barry in very good, and I put the body down as in meh. Just because I'd like to have Barry back on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Rad Radford, get the fuck out of here. Oh, yeah. That dude was a born jobber. The only thing I remember of him was that uh, Fantazzo guy, the magician, taking off his underpants. <clears throat> You remember that? Yeah. Uh, and we'll end on that note. Sharon, give us a hootie hoo. Hootie hoo! Oh God, Mindy's gonna steal you. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. You want to do the plugs, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. You can read off the list too. All right. In in elite, we have Team Andre, Team WWF, Team Flair, Team Piper. Very good. Roddy's Roddy's, Rude Brew, Team SmackDown, Team Hogan, All-Americans, Team Alliance, uh, Teamsters, Dark Side, Royals, Team Bischoff, Team Austin, Team Orton, the Hulkamaniacs, the Vipers, the Visionaries, the Underdogs. All right. Mediocre, Team Raw, Team Acolyte, the Mega Powers, Team WWE, Team Nasty Boys, the Bad Guys, the Million Dollar Corporation, uh, Team Triple X, Team Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Team Merrill, Team Cena, 
Team Authority, and the Natural Disasters. And man, we have Team Godfather, the T- Twin Towers, Team Money Inc., Guts and Glory, Team Batista, and the Body Donnas. In Garbage, we have the Foreign Fanatics, the Nexus, Team Vader, and Team Yokozuna. All right, make sure you're listening to Boxman and then Smart, the Wrestling Outlet. Wednesdays, 10 15, 10 20ish Eastern Time on YouTube. Then you listen to them again on Sundays, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, also on YouTube for the Hollywood Hangout. Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week for Black Friday, I got an idea. What is it? Rick Rude versus Sting Feud Retrospective. You think we can get a full episode out of it? I'm pretty sure we can get about an hour. Okay. Let's do it. Trust me, because I can, I can fanboy for an hour over this. I'll watch some Saturday night this week. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night, you know, a couple of clashes, you know, stuff like that. There's Thumbs down. All right, good. And I can <laughs> shut up. All right, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Join myself and Boxman from the outlet uh, because, you know, uh, maybe Eric if he gets home in time. Uh, for Unscripted Unlimited here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted. Uh, and we are going to be talking Night Court. I know. I love you too. Uh, your balls are going to get scratched off. Uh, all right. Listen to... <laughs> Listen to Daniel and Mindy. Uh, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I can't focus. Uh, for Scaredy Cats, what do we got going on? Uh, it hasn't been the Scaredy Cast in about six months, but on the Stab Cast, uh, we're going to be talking about a movie that Mindy recommended. I told you I couldn't focus <laughs> because you have a fucking cat in between your legs. Hey, a lot of people have pussies between their legs. <laughs> Can't judge them. Uh, <laughs> to be announced on the movie. Okay. But, uh... <laughs> uh on the web cave, me and Bobby are about to go on in about 10 minutes. Uh, yeah, which I think is actually, that might actually be pre-recorded. Yeah. Well, it'll be released. Be, but it's going to be out tonight, so yeah, check it out tomorrow. Uh, the web cave, we're going to be doing our face-off, Black Panther versus Iron Man, uh, because nobody needs, for such a cultural phenomenon like the Black Panther and what that has done for uh, society and people as a whole, it's it's probably the most fitting thing in the world that the person representing him is a fat white Jew. <laughs> but uh, I will be <laughs> I will be speaking up for Black Panther. Kanye West is probably pissed right now, but I'll be speaking for Black Panther, and uh, <laughs> I'll be defending Wakanda <laughs> from those terrible white people and Iron Man especially. Fuck that guy. And then next week, me and Bobby are coming out with a banger. Well, not even next week, Monday, because we're getting behind on this shit. Monday, <laughs> we're going to be back, and we're going to be doing another face-off, Sharon. Oh, yay. <laughs> she loves these. And uh, this is going to be a really banger episode, though. It's going to be the coveted Batman versus Spider-Man. Oh, okay. oh yeah, finally, you, <laughs> finally, you dickhead. Which is why I started the podcast in the in the first place, because I couldn't wait to do something like this. Bobby will be talking for Spider-Man, who is his favorite superhero since he was a toddler, and I will be speaking for the Bat, who I grew up with. 
So that's going to be a banger. But make sure to check out this week's as well because this is going to be a lot of fun. And we'll see everybody next time. Well, don't forget Eric and Clement for the hard hits this week, reviewing week 11, previewing week 12, bloody blah. Can't forget that. Uh, uh, they're, they're a lot of fun on the hard hits. Make sure to check those two out. Doug shows up sometimes. Doug shows up. Doug shows up, you know, after he gets done, uh, you know, getting his rocks off. <laughs> uh, so if Doug comes in time, you'll see him on the, <laughs> on the hard hits this week. Is Mom already on the phone? <laughs> no. Uh, that's it. Elite Diplin Doc, Sean. I don't know if he still does YouTube and Twitch, but if he does, go check the sub bitch out. He's a beautiful guy. And we'll see everybody next week. All right. Later. Later. Toodles.